All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America. Happy Easter Sunday. May God bless you on this very important, very spiritually renewing day. Spring and faith are merged into a beautiful moment that we call Easter. If you're Jewish, you're celebrating Passover. If you're Muslim, you're celebrating Ramadan. All of them are moments of renewal, moments to share with our family, to rejoice. And on this day, I am so grateful for many things. Most importantly, all of your support as you listen, you watch, and you read the content at Just the News. You watch Just the News, not noise. You listen to John Solomon reports. I can't thank you enough for all of that support. You're voting with your ears, your eyes, your fingers on the smartphone, on the laptop. It means more than you'll ever know. Now, we've got an incredible show for you, starting off with one of my favorite thought leaders in the world, not just in the United States, in the world. Yep, you got that right. Nigel Farage, the architect of Brexit, the really true conservative thought leader. He's here to talk about the state of Biden, the state of America, the state of the world, and the Russian-Ukraine conflict. You're going to really, really enjoy that. That is going to be a fantastic conversation. You're not going to be disappointed. And we've got a great lineup after that, too. We're not going to shortchange it. Even on Easter, you've got a great lineup. Congressman Lee Zeldin, who's running to try to replace the New York governor, Kathy Hochul, who replaced Andrew Cuomo after a scandal. He's going to join us. He was instrumental in unraveling the Russia collusion case, and now he wants to unravel all of the corruption in Albany. And we're going to have a great interview with him. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson of the great state of North Carolina. He's been all over election integrity. He's all over the culture wars, tired of bureaucrats and elitists trying to impose their values on America's children. He's going to light it up. You're going to enjoy the interview we've had with him. And then we're going to take you down to the border, where we've had some pretty cogent, powerful interviews this past week, particularly on the TV show. First up, Brandon Judd, the head of the Border Patrol Agents Union. He's got some pretty dire things to say about the state of the border, the state of America, and just how demoralized, defeated our extraordinary men and women of the Border Patrol are. And then we've got a guy named Don McLaughlin. You may not have heard him. He's the mayor of a little tiny town called Uvalde, Texas. He is going to tell you what it's like to live on the border 
he made this chilling revelation to Amanda and I. You're going to just have to listen to him. Why parents in his town don't let their children play in their yards anymore since Joe Biden became president. You're not going to want to miss that. So an all-star lineup from start to finish. What a way to spend Easter morning. Maybe you're doing some of the coloring of eggs. Maybe you're getting your ham ready. Maybe you're just going for a nice walk. We've got an all-star cast. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope that God blesses you this Easter, this Passover, this Ramadan with an extraordinary amount of bountiful graces, even in difficult times of war, inflation, open border. I know God has good things in store for all of us. Have a blessed Easter, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with regular programming. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. 
Good evening, America, and welcome to tonight's edition of Just the News, Not Noise, the show committed to giving you information without any of that indoctrination or idle chatter you get elsewhere in the media. I'm John Solomon, joining you from Washington, D.C. Howdy, John, and hello, America, hosting from the other side of the nation here in sunny Los Angeles. I'm your co-host, Amanda Head. John, a lot of revelations coming at our viewers tonight with great thanks to your investigative reporting. And folks, if you were watching last night, you heard John and one of our returning guests, Seamus Brenner, disclose the truth about Hunter Biden utilizing his position as chairman of the World Food Program USA's board to leverage further conversations with foreign oligarchs to ensure that he retained additional business opportunities. Yes, that's right. Under the auspices of alleviating world hunger, Hunter was exploiting that position to cash in on lucrative deals. It's a tale as old as time when it comes to Democrats. And this was all happening while Hunter's father was serving as our vice president. The madness certainly does not end there. And as you'll find out tonight, the ghost gun Joe Biden wants regulated. I'm just wondering, does that include regulating the one found in the hands of his own son? Yeah, that one is certainly already smoking. John, I have smelled the smoke for a long time now, thanks to intrepid reporters like you. So let's reveal part two of this story. John, can you lead us off? I certainly can. Listen, documents from that Hunter Biden abandoned laptop now in the possession of the FBI show that at times over the last decade, Joe and Hunter Biden did in fact commingle their finances. That includes times when Hunter Biden was paying some of his father's bills, the president's bills, at least one time when the president diverted an entire tax refund check he got to his son because he owed his son money to pay him back. And we also have for the first time tonight a text message showing Joe Biden referring someone who wanted to do business with Hunter Biden to his son. These memos make clear that the Biden's original story that Joe had no involvement in Hunter Biden's business or financial affairs was simply not true. We want to take a brief detour to the United Kingdom where Nigel Farage one of the world's most influential conservative thought leaders and the architect of Brexit is joining us to talk about the state of the world, the war in Ukraine and Joe Biden's place on the world stage. Nigel, welcome to the show. Thank you very much indeed. I have uh, this memory. It, I know it's eight years ago, but it was back in 2014. You were on the floor of the House of the Commons. You gave this extraordinary speech warning the world about the strategy that Barack Obama and others were pursuing in Ukraine. I want to play this and get your reaction. We directly encouraged the uprising in the Ukraine that led to the toppling of the president, Yanukovych, and that led, of course, in turn, to Vladimir Putin reacting. And the moral of the story is, if you poke the Russian bear with a stick, don't be surprised when he reacts. Those words ring truer today than ever before. Nigel, when you look at this, how predictive was it and how foolish was the world to pursue the strategy of the last decade? It, re remarkable, I think, in some ways, that politicians, thought leaders, uh, mainstream media, none of them seem to have any comprehension of history, nationhood or psychology. Russia, of course, was invaded by Napoleon. Russia, of course, was invaded by Hitler. Russia is, some would say, paranoid about being encircled and invaded. When the Soviet bloc fell, and let's be frank, a massive victory for Ronald Reagan above all. I mean, his place in history in this is incredible. They'd forgotten the lessons of history from Winston Churchill. Churchill said, in victory, be magnanimous. But we weren't capable of that. Bill Clinton wasn't 
capable of that. And he and Gerhard Schroeder of Germany and Tony Blair of the UK, the early globalists, decided, no, 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 we must expand NATO as far to the east as we possibly can. They literally encircled, began to encircle Russia. Now, even though you and I know that Britain, America, our allies in NATO, we know there was no intention of ever invading Russia, but it played on the paranoid Russian mind. And Putin was able to say to his people, these guys are after us. And that's why I predicted in the latter part of that speech, I actually said, there will be a war in Ukraine. And I think I might be unique in global politics as the only person that said this would happen. Now, none of this justifies what Putin's done, but it does at least explain it. Very prescient thoughts. And, you know, here in the United States on the home front, we are experiencing crises after crises. But we as Americans, we're kind of audacious. And regardless of what's happening at home, we consider our president, whoever that is, to be uh, the leader of the free world. But I'm interested in your perspective coming from the UK and looking at this from a global perspective. Oh. If Joe Biden does fill those shoes. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I was putting faces when you were saying the last sentence there. Look, I mean, without America leading the free world, there is not a free world. It's just as simple as that. We are your best allies that you could possibly have, and we have been for over 100 years. But ever since that moment of the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan, of handing it back to the Taliban, the question we've all been asking is, where is America? I mean, Biden said America's back, America's disappeared. And frankly, in dealing with Putin, in dealing with the Ukraine crisis, what is clear is that bully boy dictators are no longer scared of America. And as I speak to you, this time last week, I was with Trump at Mar-a-Lago. I want to promise you one thing. If Trump was still president, Putin would not have invaded Ukraine. So we have a crisis, a global crisis, a crisis of leadership, lack of leadership across the West. And Biden, well, I think he must be the worst president America has ever, ever had. And that's bad for you guys. But I promise you, it's bad for the rest of us, too. Yeah, that's true. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Nigel, I want to ask you for a second. There's a moment in this last week where several world leaders had the courage, including Boris Johnson, to go to Ukraine to, sh to show we're not afraid of, of Vladimir Putin. Joe Biden spent the weekend riding a bike on a beach in Delaware. Your thoughts about the missed opportunity. I think there's been several missed opportunities by Joe Biden to kind of step it up and have a chance to say, I'm, I'm in charge here. Do you ever see a moment where he can get on off that bike and on the bike of world peace? Well, I mean, it took him several weeks to even come to Brussels and meet with NATO partners. I was astonished. I thought the first weekend after the invasion would have seen Biden in Brussels and he should have been in Kiev. And you know what? Actually, he should have been in Moscow, too. Real leadership is about going and meeting people. Real leadership is about using powers of persuasion. But let's be frank, this American president mentally is not up to the job. He's an embarrassment to America. He's an embarrassment to the free world. Uh, he, he, he's just not capable. And here's my mystery, John. I don't get it. Whenever Trump said something on the world stage, people thought it was stupid. There were cries in D.C. for the 25th Amendment to be called. Nobody, nobody 
is daring to say the 25th should be called when it's clear that America has a president who frankly, and it's a horrible word, but frankly, he's senile. He's not up to the job. And even if he did come back to Europe, what's the point? The last time he was here, he met the 82nd Airborne in Poland and assured them when they got to Ukraine, they would see just how bravely the Ukrainians were fighting. I mean, he committed faux pas after, after faux pas. He's not capable of doing it. Why? I, I'm, I, you know, I'm asking you this. Why are there not calls for the 25th to be moved? It is so obvious this man cannot hold the responsibilities of leading America, let alone the free world. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so many Americans see that and they hear him say build back better. But what they really want is for him to just put it back, put it back the way it was before, because you're right. I don't think this would have happened under President Trump. Nigel, when Brexit happened, a lot of people saw that as a bellwether for what was going to happen and what did happen in 2016. And now very close to you in France, President Macron is facing up against a very formidable opponent, Marine Le Pen. Do you think that that is possibly a bellwether for what could maybe reach our shores in light of what a lot of people perceive to be a very feeble President Biden. Well, I mean, you know, Macron is a globalist, um, unashamed globalist. He doesn't really believe in France. He believes in the European flag more than the French flag. He's backed by the big multinationals. He couldn't care less about the little people in any way at all. Now, you know, can Marine Le Pen beat Macron? Well, everybody said Brexit couldn't happen. Everybody said Trump was impossible, and yet those things happened. Watch for this. On the 20th of April, there is a head-to-head -head debate between Le Pen and Macron. If Le Pen wins that debate, she'll win on the 24th when the election takes place. And I'll tell you why. Unlike what happened in the last American election, where when Trump won the second debate against Biden, but the problem was 100 million votes, 100 million mail-out ballots have been cast already. The French don't allow it. Marine Le Pen could be, if she wins that debate, the third big global shock. And uh, all I can say is I am sick to death of the relationship between big banks, big business, big politics. They care nothing for their countries. They care nothing for their people. They care about their own pockets. They're playing into the hands. And we forget Putin, you know, however bad things may be in Ukraine. The real threat is China. Be in yeah. no doubt about it. And the globalists are happy to take the cash. Yeah, we are distracted. There's no doubt about it. Nigel, we always enjoy our time with you. Always enlighten us so much. Thanks so much for joining us. Today. Great, great opportunity. Thank you. Thanks for listening to John Solomon Reports. And again, for more of the news and interviews you've been hearing today from Just the News, Not Noise, go to Real America's Voice each Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern or watch anytime at justthenews.com slash TV. We'll be right back here the commercial break. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, 
of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. So glad to uh, have this next guest on. All around this country, from New York to Nevada, from Tennessee to Kentucky, uh, there have been uh, Democrats repeatedly charged in corruption cases. The numbers are growing by the day. We're almost up to a dozen corruption cases, a big one yesterday in New York that forced the new lieutenant governor there to resign. Uh, and the uh, irony of all this is that this occurs 15 years after Nancy Pelosi swept herself into power during the 2006 election by arguing that Republic- Republicans had a uh, culture of corruption problem. That was right after the Jack Abramoff lobbying scandal. Now the tables are turned. Democrats are the ones with a culture of corruption problem, and Republicans are soaring to the top of polls on this. And our first guest tonight, well, he knows something about this. He's running for governor of New York, and he has been on top of all of the Cuomo et al. uh, uh, corruption that's been going on in New York. Joining us right now is Congressman Lee Zeldin. Congressman, great to have you on the show today. It's great to be with both of you. An amazing moment yesterday. I mean, New York was struck with two big things, a tragedy at the subway, and then it's Lieutenant Governor, brand new Lieutenant Governor, Brian Benjamin, forced to resign amidst the bribery uh, investigation. He was charged and arrested. Your thoughts on what happened yesterday? Yeah, it feels like it was about three weeks ago when that point Amanda brought up of the eight and a half percent inflation number came out. Uh, After that news broke, uh, we had the tragedy uh, which we're still learning more about, still with a suspect on the run. And our thoughts have been, uh, our prayers have been occupied with uh, thinking about those victims, their families, the first responders there on the scene, the medical professionals, and uh, everyone who is, uh, you know, just trying to go about a, a normal Tuesday morning, commuting to school, commuting to work. Uh, and then this happens. Crime and public safety is the top issue here in New York. Uh, there is a huge concern about district attorneys like Alvin Bragg, who refuse to enforce the law. Uh, you have cashless bail implementation, putting people back out on the streets who should be behind bars. Last summer, they signed less is more, which was releasing people early from prison who still had time left on their prison sentence. And the irony of all ironies, as far as the timing goes, 
is that the person who was picked by Kathy Hochul to be her lieutenant, the first big decision she had to make, she chose Brian Benjamin, who wasn't just an advocate of the defund the police movement. He was the champion of it in the state Senate. And he got slapped with an arrest and indictment on charges related to corruption and fraud. And uh, he ended up resigning by the end of the day. So a very busy day. I really hope that you and your listeners are having a better day than Brian Benjamin did yesterday. (laughs) As far as the state of New York goes, uh, we are really concerned about the direction we're heading right now, because while uh, it's not going well, it's not yet rock bottom. Things can actually get worse if we keep those who are there. Oh, my goodness. Well, Congressman, I'm here in California, so obviously another deep blue state. And it almost seems like in states like ours, corruption is the norm. It's not the exception. Uh, with you running for governor, if you win that seat and you are having to work with people in New York who like California, a lot of uh, diametrically opposed politically folks, how do you parse that out? How do you navigate Albany and, and, the, and your state leading your state with people who have such opposing ideas to how things should be done? On top of winning the race for governor, it's also important to be electing more people to the state Senate, the state assembly, to break the supermajority that exists right now in the state capitol. We have outsized power of self-described socialists. That supermajority will get broken this November. I'm confident of it. As far as people to work with, uh, you try to find common ground when it's possible on issues where you can be able to work together with somebody. Might You might disagree on other topics, but if you can work together on, on something that'll move the state forward, I'm all for it. It seems like uh, Mayor Eric Adams uh, wants to make further changes, for example, to the uh, cashless bail law in the state. We might disagree on COVID restrictions, but if he wants to make some calls to Democrats in the state Senate and state assembly and help uh, get them to vote for a, a, a further overhaul of cashless bail, well, you know, you have to work on that because there's a time for politics, a time for government. After an election, the people of a state, the people of a country uh, have decided what, what government they want. And if there's common ground to be found, you have to chase after it. Uh, I believe that uh, New York, in many respects, is hitting a breaking point. People are fleeing every single day. They feel like their wallet, their safety, their freedom, their kids' education are under attack. Uh, and it's a rescue mission to save our state. And in order to actually get that done, uh, I'm not under any illusions that I'm going to be taking office in January with a Republican legislature. I think it's going to be a great night on November 8th. And I think that we're going to flip the House and, and maybe the Senate and have a balance of power in Washington. We're going to flip in state capitals as well. Uh, but we're going to have to work with people who we may not agree with on certain issues in order to be able to get really important things done, and one of which is certainly to keep our streets safer. Yeah, no doubt. People are looking for that common sense, that bipartisanship that's been lacking for so long, and I know they see that in your message right now. Uh, As you step back, the polls obviously put the Republicans in a great spot right now, eight months out, but that's a long time. Uh, Mitch McConnell said yesterday, hey, we still could screw this up. I know how to really give a rah-rah speech here, but what is it that Republicans need to do to bring this plan in for a successful inning. What's the messaging and the discipline that you guys need for the next seven months to close the deal? Stay on message, because right now there are independents, there are Democrats who don't feel safe outside of their homes or in their subways, as we see in New York. There are Democrats who believe that the quality of their son and daughter's education uh, is very much at stake. 
and they are connecting with the Republican message, with the conservative message on education more so than in the past. We've seen it with COVID restrictions, whether it's masking toddlers, which is still taking place inside of New York City schools for kids under the age of five. Um, I think of that kid on the autism spectrum who's going through early intervention, learning how to speak, and they can't see the teacher's face and the teacher can't see their face. When you're talking to their parent, they might be a loyal liberal Democrat voter, but these issues, they transcend party loyalty. So what's really important for the next almost seven months left between now and November 8th election is for Republican candidates across the country to stay on message, focused on the issues that matter most to voters, and to make that strong connection because there's an opportunity here to expand that tent, to expand that base, uh, and to be able to take the gavels out of the hands of Pelosi and Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler and Maxine Waters. But you can't just think we're jumping on a surfboard to ride in a wave. You have to work hard and take nothing for granted. Absolutely. And and to the point you were making about COVID, I was with a gaggle of progressives in Beverly Hills last night and spoke to a gal who's vaccinated and twice boosted. And she said, no more, no more. This is not going to be a subscription service. I'm done. <laughs> but I want to bring this full circle back to the corruption thing, um, because I think Democrats and Republicans alike are just so incredibly sick of it. When you're walking the halls of Congress, you're talking to your colleagues next year, if they take back the House and the Senate, is corruption something that they want to tackle specifically with Hunter Biden? Absolutely. And I say they because I'm assuming you'll be in Albany. Yeah, I hear that all the time. <laughs> uh, there is a focus. I mean, I was just talking about taking the gavel out of Jerry Nadler's hands. Imagine uh, it's January of 2023 and that gavel is being handed over to Jim Jordan. And you're having hearings and oversight to be able to have that level of accountability that is needed to ensure that people uh, who have serious conflicts of interest, uh, individuals who sold access for profit, uh, that they are being held to account. And uh, the, I, would believe, I believe that Americans demand that. They don't want to see unequal scales of justice. Outside the Department of Justice, etched in the stone there, it says, when law ends, tyranny begins. Uh, and it's a role of Congress to be providing oversight. For anyone who reads the U.S. Constitution, you see a very long Article One giving powers to Congress and a very short Article Two giving powers to the president. And it often feels like, uh, in many respects, the Article One powers are relinquished to the administration uh, and I believe taking back over that oversight role and, and certain powers that were given to Congress uh, by our founding fathers in that document, uh, it's something to take to heart and not to waste any time getting to work, hitting the ground running day one as soon as the House flips come January of 23. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Well, I watched you during the Russian collusion case bring a great deal of accountability. And I know Albany's about to get a whole dose of that when you're elected in January. Congressman, great to have you on the show today. Thank you both. Take care. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more interviews, more news, more exclusive insights. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, folks. We're going to hit the road to North Carolina as election integrity and suburban parents seem to be fueling a pretty big campaign fire heading into the midterm elections. Joining us now from that great state of North Carolina is Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. Governor, Lieutenant Governor, great to have you on. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I want to start. You guys had a very big event Saturday night. Former President Donald Trump was there. There seemed to be a lot of energy in the crowd. In fact, I think you got the crowd rocking with your presentation. Tell us a little bit about the event and what it means for the election heading into uh, all that happens in the summer and fall in North Carolina. Well, we were thr thrilled to be there with President Trump and so many great candidates and all those great patriots there in Johnson County. Uh, I think this is really going to get folks energized uh, to get us past this primary uh, and move on into the general election uh, for this Senate race. Uh, we have got to hold on to that seat. We've got to put a strong principled conservative in that seat. And uh, we believe that this was the first step to making that uh, actually driving that home because uh, this race is so super important. Yeah, and you actually announced your support for Representative Ted Budd, and I, I find his platform to be compelling. He is loved by the people of North Carolina. This seems like a very good race for him. What's the temperature there on the ground? What did you hear at the rally? Well, he has a tremendous support all across the state. Uh, we're supporting him because we believe that he is the candidate that can uh, get through this primary and the general election. Uh, and uh, I've known Ted since 2018. He's been one. He's been one of the people that I've looked up to the most. He's a solid conservative, a, a great Christian, great patriot. And I have no doubt when he goes, uh, that he's going to win this uh, general election. He's going to win the primary. He's going to win this general election. And then he's going to go on to be a great senator and represent the, uh, the people of North Carolina well. Yeah, a lot of people are excited about him and he's moving up at the polls. And so uh, that's a good sign for him. I want to talk about something yes. personally involving you. There is a speech that you gave or a sermon you gave at a church, I think maybe a year ago. And recently it has caught fire again on social media. People all over the country talking about it. And there you made the very common sense declaration. That there really only are two genders. Talk about how that is connected with parents and all that's been going on in society the last uh, several months. Well, you know, this is one of the hot button issues that is out there right now. And as I tell people all the time, when I'm speaking in the church, I'm speaking on spiritual matters. It's not really political. Uh, and, I, and I really believe that folks in the church need to start speaking up for their and declaring their right, their First Amendment right to do, uh, to stand up for their religious beliefs. Uh, when I spoke about those issues, uh, we don't waver on that at all. Now, let me be clear on this. Now, we live in the United States of America, which is a constitutional republic, and it's not a theocracy. So I don't say that anyone has to subscribe to my religion, but this is what I do say. 
I have a First Amendment right to express myself religiously, Number, uh, express my religion. That's number one. Number two, I don't believe anyone has a right to come into a classroom and force their ideology onto my child and uh, or anyone else's child. And that is what I politically I believe that's what we need to stand strong against. Yeah, and, you know, President Trump lost support among suburban women in 2020. But you have these issues like critical race theory and, and the, the morphing transgenderism issue. And we as conservatives, when we sound the alarm about these types of things, the messaging from the left, it starts off, you're crazy. Stop talking about this. This doesn't exist. And then the messaging moves to, well, yeah, of course, CRT is is out there, but it's not really, you know, codified into the curriculum. And then the messaging moves to, yes, it's out there. Yes, it's widespread. It's good for it's good for people. And you're a bigot if you don't support it. But I feel like suburban women, especially there in North Carolina, they're not buying that messaging anymore. They are not. And uh, once again, we see a period in history where women are, are because as you look throughout our history. It has been women who have stepped up at the crucial times and have done the part, taken on that role, that leadership role. Uh, they are taking the bull by the horns, so to speak, and they are standing up strong, defending their children. And it does me good to see it all across this country. And, and then, you know, there again, it's not just it's not just the moms. It's parents in general. Folks are just completely sick of this ideology that there is this educational bureaucracy that is all powerful, all knowing, knows better than you and feels like that they should be in charge of your children. They should not. Parents are pushing back. We have great legislators that are pushing back, governors like Governor DeSantis and others that are pushing back. And we're going to keep pushing because we need to protect our children and we need to give them what they need to succeed in the classroom. And I submit to you that critical race theory and social agendas like the transgender movement are not that. Yeah, now you see it in the polling and, and it's moving a lot of moderates and independents to the Republican Party in ways we haven't seen in a long time. I want to turn to another issue that I know is impacting your state and every state really uh, you have rising crime, the rising illegal immigration at the border, rising gas prices, suffocating inflation. There's reports that it could reach 8.5% in the next month. How are voters processing all of these challenges at once? And what do you think it translates to in the November election? It translates into a repudiation of the uh, uh, Democrat, leftist Democrat policies. At the federal level, we are failing. Our commander in chief uh, staged that debacle in Afghanistan where we were embarrassed on the world stage, where we lost lives, where our people were left behind, where billions of dollars of equipment was left behind. He shut off our gas, uh, off our pipeline here while allowing the Russians to take control of, of, of fuel in Europe. Uh, he has caused, uh, has allowed these uh, supply chain issues to linger. And now we're seeing food shortages where we're having even having things like uh, baby formula rationed in some places because the supply chain problems are so bad. Look, I've said this time and time again, conservative principles work when they're put into practice, whether it be in a private business or in government and leftist policies fail. Here in North Carolina, conservative uh, principles have worked for us. Our economy going well in Florida, it's working in Texas, it's working. But you look at places like California with these wild eyed leftist ideas. The state is literally falling apart at the seams and people are really starting to wake up and see that. So this November, I think you're going to see uh, votes all across this country from school boards all the way up to the Senate. 
you're going to see votes that are going to be a referendum on the failure of the federal government and the Biden administration. Yeah, Lieutenant Governor, I'm here in Los Angeles and I can attest to everything you just said about <laughs> California falling falling apart. But I wanted to I, I wanted to ask you to pin down and quantify a number going into the midterms, maybe not a specific number, but the generic ballot test. Republicans have an advantage 53 to 47 over Democrats. How many seats do you think that translates to? Is is it enough to have generational impact? I, I believe that it is. People are simply fed up. They're simply fed up. We saw this in Pennsylvania, where I believe there was a fellow who was a truck driver and spent $157 or even less on a campaign that unseated a long-term Democrat. People are tired of these leftist ideas. They're tired of turning on their television sets and seeing these crazy things like men competing against women in sports and, and children being fed pornography at schools and, and economies that simply are not working for anybody. They're tired of it. They're tired of this whole defund the police movement and the high crime. They're seeing who's doing it. They're realizing they need something new in many cases. And I think we're going to see a huge shift. Yeah, there's definitely signs of that in the polls right now, sir. Last question. we got about a minute left. Uh, your state has produced some very prominent Republicans who have national voices, Mark Meadows, yourself. But it still has a Democratic governor. How do you change that in the future? We change that in the future by sticking to the conservative principles that we always have and making sure that the people of North Carolina can clearly see the difference between what we offer and the other side offers. And right now, the choice couldn't be more clear. So I think that in 2024, uh, North Carolina is not going to get fooled again. They're not going to put another leftist in office. I certainly hope not. Maybe we'll see some campaign signs out in North Carolina yards in 2024 for uh, Mark Robinson. But we appreciate you joining <laughs> us. Thank you so much, Lieutenant Governor. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Our pleasure. And, you know, you look at those suburban vote numbers and I, I look at suburban moms these days as an army, you know, modern day moms as an army of Abigail Adams, because you get women involved when they're kids, yeah. uh, when there are implications for their children. And that's when you start to see uprisings all across this country. And I do believe that we are seeing that. Stay right here. Keep it on just the news, not noise, because we have a lot more coming up after the break. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We've got an open border to the south of us that has a lot of people concerned about 
the future of our country. And uh, it's only gonna get worse when Title 42, that health regulation is lifted. Our first guest knows a little bit about this. He works directly with the men and women of the Extraordinary Barter Patrol. Joining us right now is Brandon Judd, the uh, president of the Border Patrol Union uh, uh, right now. Brandon, great to have you on the show today. John, it's good to be with you. Thank you. Uh, let me start off. What is the state of mind, the mood, the spirit of all those extraordinary men and women that are on that border every day trying to protect us? Where are they after a year of the Biden policies of, on the border? Uh, right now, I've never seen the mor morale any lower than it's been. I'm going on 25 years as a Border Patrol agent myself. Um, and as the president of the National Border Patrol Council, I've just never seen anything like this. Uh, we have pre-shift briefings, we call them musters. And, and these, these musters used to be a lot of camaraderie, a lot of talking, a lot of joking, you know, getting to, uh, enjoying working with your fellow agents. And right now, if you go in, we just had Senator Haggerty um, on the border in, in Re the Rio Grande Valley, and we went to a muster in McAllen, and nobody's talking, heads are down. Um, we feel defeated. We, we just know that we're not able to do the job that is necessary to protect the American public. And when, when law enforcement, it doesn't matter whether it's Border Patrol, uh, County uh, Sheriff's Department, uh, City Police, when we put on a uniform, we wanna go out there and we wanna protect the American public. We wanna feel like our job means something, like we're accomplishing something. And under this defund police movement and under these uh, uh, policies that are giving us the, the least amount of border security than we've ever seen, we just don't feel like we're accomplishing anything. We go home and we feel defeated every day. Yeah, I can imagine that it just feels like fruitless effort. Brandon, you recently briefed House Republicans and you talked about how if if and when Title 42 is lifted, that at that point cartels will completely control the border. Can you explain to our audience what you meant by that? Yeah, when, when you look at the, the total numbers that we deal with, when we have 3,000 apprehensions per day, our, our resources are stretched nearly to the limits. We can deal with it but they're stretched. When we have 5,000 apprehensions per day, we're in a crisis. Now you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. You're pulling um, resources from one area, redirecting them to another area. But when you do that, you're creating gaps in, in coverage and, and you're creating openings that the cartels can then exploit. Once you have 8,000 apprehensions per day, which is what we're trending to right now, um, then our, our resources are overwhelmed across the entire southwest border. And you're going to have stretches that just have nobody patrolling the border. I was just out on the border uh, late last night with several congressmen. And as we were driving along, I told them, notice how many agents you see um, actively patrolling the border. We went down more than 10 miles and we didn't see one agent actively patrolling the border. So large stretches of border are just completely left open. And, and, and the worst that we've ever seen is a 250 mile stretch that was left wide open, nobody actively patrolling the border. This allows the cartels to cross whatever products they want, whether that's fentanyl that's kill killing so many of our US citizens or criminal aliens or aliens from special interest countries. It's a very dangerous situation that we're seeing right now. And it's a situation that can be solved through policy, not by the taxpayer. Yeah, that's right. And we had it solved. We entered the, the 2021 year with one of the most secure, stable borders we had had in recent modern history. Uh, uh, Brandon, I'm gonna ask about something that there's a narrative in the media, the mainstream media, that the border wall doesn't help, it wasn't useful. Uh, and meanwhile, all these supplies are sitting on the ground that could actually be used to finish the wall. Do you, what is your assessment of the effectiveness of a border wall? And could we just restart it tomorrow if uh, Joe Biden would give the order? It's really upsetting when the media talks about something they know nothing about. Um, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. In one of my stations, Naco, Arizona, 
prior to having any sort of infrastructure, any walls, um, in a in a short 56 mile stretch of border, we were apprehending over 100,000 illegal border crossers every single year. Once we built those walls, once we had those walls, that dropped down to less than 10,000, less than 10,000 from 100 down to 10, down to 10. Walls work and they work very well. And what it does is it allows us to dictate where illegal border crossings take place. And if we can dictate where those take place, we can be a lot more effective, not only in detecting people, but we can also be more effective in apprehending them. That means less drugs are going, going to go into our communities. Walls are extremely effective. To answer your second question, can it be uh, picked up right now? Yes, we were just out. We just saw last night. We just saw all the material that is sitting on the ground, ready to be um, put up and, and constructed in the gaps that are placed. That could happen immediately. It just this this administration doesn't have the political will to make it happen. Yeah, it's incredible. It's like Democrats have amnesia because you look at the numbers uh, after the Secure Fence Act at the Yuma sector here in California, at Tijuana, and the numbers are are striking as far as how much illegal immigration was abated at those places. I wanted to ask you, you said uh, that you have been on the job as a Border Patrol agent for 25 years. That's a lot of experience. We have experienced surges, surges at the border in the past, but how much worse is this? We've never seen anything like this. And it's not just the sheer numbers. Um, it's also the number of countries. When you look at the largest border um, surge in, in the history of the Border Patrol, you're talking, you, you've got to go back to the mid-90s, late 90s. Uh, but back then, we were dealing primarily with people from Mexico. 90 to 95% of the people that we were dealing with were from Mexico. Today, we're seeing surges that are much greater than it was back in the 1990s. And we're dealing with people from 157 different countries. Last night alone, as we were going along the border, we encountered groups um, that were from Uzbekistan, Bangladesh, India, Peru, Colombia, Venezuela. We were dealing, we're dealing with people now from all across the globe, Eastern European countries, we're dealing with uh, with Western African nations. We're dealing with everywhere across the country. And that's because these transnational criminal organizations always work off of our policies. If they know that the catch and release program, which is the main magnet that draws people here, if that's continuing, they're going to be able to go into countries and they're going to be able to advertise their services, telling them that if they cross our borders illegally, they will, they will suffer no consequences. In fact, they'll be rewarded because they'll just be released into the United States pending a future deportation or asylum hearing. That's the problem. And that's that magnet that is drawing so many people here to our to our borders. Yeah, no doubt. And while this border has opened up and, and uh, the policies have just allowed the floodgates to go, the threat of terrorism is being raised by our intelligence agencies. As Iran talks about striking against us, there's worry about what Russia might do. Uh, we got about two minutes left, Brandon. Can you tell us how much more insecure we are from a terrorism and national security perspective when you look at the current border? We really don't uh, encounter a whole lot of terrorists. Um, we might encounter people that, that have uh, their names on the terrorist watch list, but it's not that they're not crossing. It's simply the, the cartels are able to create gaps in our coverage and they're able to get people across that we just don't know who they are. Look back at the month of March. We had 64,000, 64,000 people were able to enter our country illegally. We detected them, but we didn't apprehend them. Those are what we call gotaways. 64,000 people were able to get away from us last month. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they're from. And we don't know what their intentions are here in the United States. And that is a very scary reality of what's going on in the border today. 
Brandon, we've just got about a minute left. You talked about robbing Peter to pay Paul and, and you know, extended resources and things like that. Are you able to work uh, and in comport with local law enforcement to help us? Unfortunately, local law enforcement can't enforce immigration laws. That's only the federal government. They can enforce state laws if, if there is a violation of those state laws. So if somebody's uh, transporting illegal aliens down the road and they, and, and they commit a traffic violation, then local police can pull them over. And if they, if they find that there's illegal aliens in there, then they can call us and we can respond. Texas DPS is doing exactly that. They're enforcing trespassing laws. They're watching for, for traffic violations. And if these violations are committed, then they enforce their laws and they call us to then come and pick these individuals up. So there are a lot of states that are stepping to the plate and they're doing all that they can. Unfortunately, they just can't enforce federal laws. Yeah, well, I know that you guys are overextended in so many different ways, and we will be praying for you and, and looking for an update from you very soon. Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, and we'll be right back after the break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome back from the commercial break, everybody. Throughout the duration of this show, we've been talking about the disastrous impact the Biden administration's immigration policies are having on our nation. And joining us now is the mayor of a small border town, Uvalde, Texas, Mayor Don McLaughlin, to explain to us the firsthand impact that his town is experiencing under the Biden administration's policies. Mayor McLaughlin, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. And some uh, familiar words might sound sound familiar to you. Powder keg about to blow up in reference to Title 42 being lifted. Your thoughts, Mayor? Well, we are inundated every, unindated every day down here with immigrants, whether it be those that are released at the border at Eagle Pass or Del Rio or what we'll call the gotaways and walkarounds. I mean, we're not going through a day now, not a day here in Uvalde that we don't have a uh, pursuit. Uh, usually one or two in the morning, one or two at night. It, it's a daily thing, and it, it's just getting worse. And you add the removal of Title 42, and you're talking about adding 18 to 20,000 people a day to this region. It will, it will just, it will blow up. It will be a powder keg. Yeah, so important, sir. I know so much of the debate about immigration is about numbers, and we it becomes a nameless, faceless story so often. But this uh, surge has an enormous personal toll. There are migrants who die trying to cross. There are people that get fentanyl on their children are dying because of it. 
what is the human toll on your small community right at that border? Well, I mean, you know, here's one of the things that we're facing. I mean, we have in our community, parents don't let their kids play out in their yards anymore because they don't know what's coming down the street or who's coming, who's going to be running down the down the uh, the car in a car 100 miles an hour through their neighborhoods uh, that are coming through with these human smugglers. I mean, it, it's last year in 20 and 2021, we locked our schools down 48 times, 48 times because of bailouts by our schools. This year, we've had to do it probably four times, five times already this year. But the apprehensions and the numbers that you're talking about are up in our region 179% so far this year. Wow. My goodness, that, that's got to be devastating for your community. And when Joe Biden took office, I think for people who care about border security, there was almost an audible collective groan across America because people knew that things were about to get worse at the border after four years of relative security at our border under President Trump. Is it as bad, better or worse than you anticipated it would be in January of 2021? It's worse. It's a lot worse. I mean, this this administration w- won't tell you the truth if they had to on immigration. They they just they don't care. The, look, the president's been invited down here. The vice president's been been invited down here to come see it firsthand. They have the uh, many Democratic congressmen have been invited down here. None of them take the time or care or the want to come see what's going on. But what what happens in Uvalde today is going to happen somewhere else tomorrow in one of these communities, because they, they're not going to stay in Uvalde. They want to go to to bigger cities. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be scared away from, from your community. Uh, we had, uh, just a little bit ago on the show, the president of the Border Patrol Union, and he said, Brandon Judd said this, he said, Border Patrol agents, our frontline defense, are feeling defeated. Their armaments have been taken away from them. Their concierge uh, servants, they're not protecting the border. What are you seeing with the frontline border uh, patrol agents that you encounter down there? Well, first off, I want to say we have 141 Border Patrol agents that live in Uvalde, and they are an asset to our community. They're a part of our community. Every time there's an emergency in our in our area, and that they're, they're some of the first ones on the scene. So, yes, we talk to them. Their morale is shot. I mean, you know, they're not upholding the rule of law that's on the books in the United States. They're told to, They're told to just turn them loose, process them. I mean, you know, they live in this community too, and when you process these migrants, when they do COVID test, if they do if they do test positive, they're not they're not isolating them anymore. They're putting them on a bus and send them somewhere. So we're spreading it everywhere, and it's very disheartening to them. Although these men can't speak out because they all they have to keep their job, and take care of themselves and their families. Mayor, I, I hate to make everything about politics. I mean, I don't hate it. But I hate to I hate to politicize this because it is a tragedy at our border. But we have to talk about the politics of it because it is the conduit for change. I know you've got Democrat voters in your town, in the in the town of Uvalde on the border. Do you see any type of perceptive or otherwise shift in Democrat voters when they when they are feeling like what essentially has got to feel like an invasion in your town? It is an invasion, and I think you're going to see a lot of people that would normally go Democrat. I mean, I can't speak for them all, but I think you're going to see a lot of people vote red because we need change, and we're not getting it from the elected leaders we have right now on the Democratic side. Like I said, they don't even want to talk about this border. It doesn't exist to them. And uh, so I think you will see a change, and I think you're going to see it all up and down uh, South Texas. 
Yeah, no, you're starting to see polling that points in that direction already, sir. Um, we got about 90 seconds left. I want to ask this. Uh, there's a Florida congressman that earlier this week introduced legislation saying if Joe Biden and the federal government won't enforce immigration laws, we'll deputize local police and state police to actually arrest people on federal immigration violations. Your thoughts about that legislation? Is that a possible short term solution until elections come around? Well, it definitely something needs to be done because this administration plans to do nothing to, to curtail uh, the border. They're not they're letting them walk across free and clear and complete violation and rewarding them. So we're, you break the law to come into the United States. Oh, here, let us give you a free phone. Let us give you some money. Let us take you anywhere you want to go on a bus trip or a plane. So I would be in support of that. I wish our governor would call for an invasion of the state of Texas under the Constitution and we could take, take some actions in our own hand because it's not going to get better if we don't. Yeah. Mayor, 30 seconds, just a quick answer. If you had a chance to sit down with Joe Biden and give him one piece of advice or legislation or action he could take, whether it's deploying more Border Patrol agents, uh, remain in Mexico, restart the border wall, what would be that one thing you think would make the biggest difference? The biggest difference, I would tell him, come down to South Texas, see what's going on and shut the border down. There's a right way to come into this country. And if you want to come into this country, that's fine. But there's a right way. And to portray it like it's families and small children all the time, that's not true. Most of these people now are young, single adult males coming through. And you need to see what you're bringing into our country. Absolutely. Well, Mayor, uh, our thoughts are with you. I know that that's got to be a lot to deal with for, for a small town right there on the border. So we'll be praying for you and we look forward to having you back on again soon. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Now, that's why we do interviews, so we can learn news, give you facts, so you can make up your own mind. Not information, not indoctrination, news, not noise. Thanks for listening to John Solomon Reports. And again, for more of the news and interviews you've been hearing today from Just the News, Not Noise, go to Real America's Voice each Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern or watch anytime at justthenews.com slash TV. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. 
On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.